Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Jeanette Seha. Before we get to Jeanette, I want to ask you, have you been to the website? It's TravelTalesPodcast.com. There you can find photos of our guests. You can see links to all their social media. You can see stories that some of the guests have written. You can see stories that I've written. You can see links to my social media. And that is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page. And there are links to Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, where you can subscribe to this show for free. And as always, I ask that you please give us a good rating if you're listening on those formats, because that's how more people find the show, because it boosts our presence there. That's a cool thing to do. If you want to write me, it's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. All right, it was my pleasure to welcome back a return guest a favorite guest of mine and a favorite person of mine. She's uh, an amazingly kind and generous soul who loves to help others achieve their dreams like she's achieving her dreams to be a full-time travel reporter. And it's happening. It's all happening for her. Jeanette did the show a couple of years ago, back when her site was called Jeanette Reports. And now it's called simply Jet Set with Jeanette. But her career has taken off. She's speaking around the world, not only promoting travel, but promoting women and achievement and goal setting and going after your dreams. Jeanette is generous and loves to give back, which is one of the things I love most about her. So I think you're going to love that too about her. So it was great to catch up again and find out what she's been doing since she was last on the show. In a world of negativity, we need some positivity and Jeanette always brings it. So please enjoy my conversation with the lovely, charming, and talented Jeanette Seha. I should have looked up when you were here last. It was like... uh... Uh, a at year least, ago? No, no, no it was at least ago. two years ago. Yeah, I think it was Because I was still in my old place. God, how how things have changed. I know. Like personally and everything, but mostly internally. Yeah. I'm well, like mostly... so different. How? How would you say? <laughs> my mindset is, I literally, like last year, I think I cried more than I've ever cried in my life, but I see it as a great thing because it's kind of like a purging from like, a hundred years of just holding it in. I used to be like the silent sufferer, would always suffer in silence. I hated being vulnerable. I never wanted to ask for help. And that was like, a, kind of like my defense. But at the end of the day, like I'm human and I don't know everything and I bleed and I suffer and that's okay too. So I kind of, I got over that. So It's ironic because now, you know, I went to a workshop that you have <laughs> You know, your, your vision board and everything else. Yes. By the way, where is your vision board? Oh, it's in my room. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I meant to put that back out while you were, uh, before you came. Damn it. I'm mad at myself. <laughs> my vision can see through my closet. <laughs> okay. See, nice. but if I showed everything, because you just, you complimented how like neat everything was. Mm-hmm. That was one of the, I, I put everything away. If you open the closets, maybe not so neat. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> but. You know, I, I think of you as someone who you has it together, but you didn't. You're saying you weren't together. Well, you know, in reality, who has it all together? Nobody. That's Nobody. what I would, exactly. Nobody. But now, where I am today, I feel I know more who I am. I feel more aligned to my passions and purpose. I released a lot of toxic people from my life last year, um, and I came to a lot of breakthrough aha moments where I realized that um, I had more control in my life and I took my power back and by releasing toxic people was the realization that I can't change anyone, I can't fix anyone and I can't heal anyone and I think as 
as a long time people pleaser, I always felt like I wanted to help and but I was the wounded warrior. Like I was trying to help <laughs> everyone, but I was like bleeding and hurting myself. So I realized I needed to do a lot of inner work. And that's why last year was really transformational for me. Well, talk about the the changes in your website. I think when you were here last it was Jeanette Reports. Yes. And now it's Jet Set with Jeanette. Oh my gosh, that's another thing that That's just, a big change. A big change. Total rebranding. Yeah. What was what were you trying to change when you changed the name and everything? Well, I think Jeanette Reports was just me as being a reporter my whole life and reporting on different things, but it was so generic and it just didn't feel like right. It just felt like a transitionary thing. But when I had set Jet Set with Jeanette, I was sitting with one of my girlfriends of 16 years and we literally sat down at a table and she was like, you need to change your name. It's so boring. And she's a, she's like a blunt Leo, like tells me how it is. Tough love. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But I just can't, I don't know what it could be. So for about half an hour to 45 minutes, I just sat down and started thinking, writing things. And she helped me. Um, My best friend, Isabel, she helped me with it. And when, when, when it was just said, Jet Set with Jeanette, it literally felt like I had put on the right pair of shoes for 30 plus years <laughs> and took off and like it felt so right. But did you change the content of what you were putting on the website? I feel like everything is still in the process of rebranding. Um, yeah, definitely. Like Jeanette reports, I'm grateful for that. That's, you know, but now it's all chat set with Jeanette. And I love it because it's inclusive. It's with me. Come with me on this journey, whether it's travel or, you know, I don't know, motivation. For me, it's truly what I found my passion and my strengths is I really want to uplift people through my words, whether it's public speaking or doing workshops or writing. Uh, You know, I just want to, A, inspire people to travel inform them, empower them, and uplift them. Like, that fulfills me. You know, that gives me fuel and fire. Well, it's been, you know, taken off a bunch because I know you, like, now you're like a speaker. Yes. And you never thought of yourself as a speaker, did you? Yes and no. Well, I do it for a living, but (laughs) you, I know you were nervous at first, right, to give speeches in front of people? Yes, yes, definitely. But I feel in the past year, um, I started to do Toastmasters last year in Beverly Hills, and I got a a speech mentor. And I think I gave like 12 speeches last year. And then outside of Toastmasters, I started to do small speaking engagements locally and for nonprofits. But I loved it so much because I felt like with my words, I can heal in a way or uplift people. um, And people can just feel it. Like I don't have to, you know, it's not fake or anything. Like it just, I'm so passionate about it that you can like, you're going to be like, okay, okay, I'll travel. Okay, okay, okay. Like, you know. What were what were some of your favorites and highlights and of the travel speaking you did? Last year, my gosh, it was amazing. Last year I did the World Woman Summit, which they found me. I don't know how, but I, I really feel um, if you build it, they will come. Meaning you build you, you know, work mindset, skill set. <laughs> And for me, the final thing was self-love. So this, this you know, episode may be more about like self-love and, you know, self-development than travel, but I feel it, it's universal for anything because once I developed, you know, the skills to, to, for self-love and for mindset, I realized that a lot of my limited beliefs were holding me back. Like I, I sabotaged a lot of great opportunities because I felt, quote, not ready, or I felt not, quote, good enough, or quote, not, 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 you know? <laughs> so I had to do that work too. It's, it, but I think that's so important for success. It's, it's doing the mindset work and the skill set work. So I would continually go to Toastmasters class every week, meet with my mentor, practice my speeches, study my manuals, like go to TEDx talks and like go online, listen to speakers because the best make it look so easy. But that's because they put so much time and dedication into their craft. That's what you say about comedy. It's the same thing. You're speaking, Mm -hmm. but it never gets the respect that say a musician gets or something because in the end you're just talking. Everybody thinks you can do it. And when it's done well, it looks really easy. But it's like, oh, that guy's just talking. Joe down at the factory, he's just as funny as this guy. It's just like, no, Joe is not as funny. No. And let's see him go up there and, and entertain people he doesn't know for 45 minutes and don't know him. 
Exactly. You know, and that's that takes, and when it's done well, again, it looks easy. Oh, I give you so much props and credit. Finally. <laughs> Jeez. Like, yes, you get Man, the props. Man, finally, I get some props. <laughs> now you can really, like, just, you know, now we can live relax and peacefully. live. <laughs> yes. No, because I think public speaking and stand up comedy is one of the biggest fears of the general public ever. I mean, yeah. There's it doesn't stop a million people from doing it every year and moving to this town. <laughs> but the best, like you, in your industry, <laughs> keep going and keep getting these gigs and keep getting, you know, like you say, you, you make it look so easy, but that's because you're so good at it. Oh, and you dedicate see, yourself to that's it. That's so nice. <laughs> well, let's go back to travel because yes, travel, you've been to travel. so many places mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. You hooked me up with uh, uh, the people in Romania, yes, which I thank you for course. that. That was great. My pleasure. Um, Give me some of your favorites that you that jumped to your mind real quick. So so far, um, and I have a like Mike. I have a board, a map, a pin map. What do you call it? Travel board map. Where yeah, you, a, where a you put your pin. I don't know. So I have a map too where I put pins of every country I've been to because I can keep now I can keep track. So I've been to fifty three so far. That's pretty good. Thank you. This is not a race, though, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 it's not at all. quality of travel as well. Not at all. Um, so for me, though, I like to see where I've been. And so my top countries ever are Cuba, India, which I went to last year. Yeah. Um, France, I went to what, two months ago <laughs> or three months ago. And you had never been to France? Yes, but I'd never been to the French Riviera oh, or right. Cannes. You were- can yes you were speaking like a big shot yes and it was it was like i was like why have i never been here before it's one yeah, of it's kind of well known mm-hmm. <laughs> the it's, french riviera it's really there's a reason people love it <laughs> and it was winter and it was low season yeah what's it like there in the low season it's I've only been like there in california wet like cold um like it but, is now, it's in the 50s right but now. But I got an apartment for like $29 a night. Wow. And that was beyond amazing. And it was on the Crosette mm-hmm. and across the street from, you know, the, the everything. And I was like, this is home. I felt right at home. <laughs> and I, you know, what's ironic is like I went there and like, uh, I was there for that conference, ILTM, International Luxury Travel Conference. And then I ended up stay, extending my trip three times and went to Paris before I went to Cannes. And I kept saying con, like, yeah. you know, I kept being corrected. Um, but I felt like home. That's I, I could actually see myself living there. I mean, if I was there in low season and it was cold and people were like, oh, you're not going to like it. I loved it. So I can only <laughs> imagine what like high season is. And, it's more crowded. That's how it is. But the and weather. Not, and not $29 a night. Oh, I, can tell I you know. That I know. But I felt like home and... You know, the French loved me, which oh, was great. The French loved me. Like <laughs> Jerry like, Lewis. The, oh, the French I'm like loved super exotic over there. <laughs> <laughs> You're the first Mexican we've ever met. Yes. I swear. <laughs> I, would be, I would have headphones on. And I would be so focused to just go from my apartment to the market, market apartment. And I lost track how many times I'd be stopped by random guys. And I, they would ask me for directions. I'd be like, really? Uh-huh. Like, I have no... I, You're Pardon. a friend. <laughs> I bet they did. <laughs> I was like, "That's smooth." You That's know. smooth. Oh, where are you from? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Did uh, your Spanish skills help at all? I mean, in the with French. Yeah, it did. It definitely did because it's you know like the Romance language. Yeah, I can kind of understand them. And if they were like, "Oh, America," and they want to talk politics, I'm like, "Oh, Mexican." No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, "Okay, Mexico." Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I never like to you talk can pull about that politics. Mexico card. Oh, for uh, sure. In the last two years. Yes, and I have the Mexican. I wear my Canadian hat. <laughs> yeah. And I have the Mexican jersey always on my carry on, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I wish I did. Um, so, um, how long did you spend there? Did in France? In Cannes. Uh, okay, so I was, I was in France for probably about 12, almost two, 12 to 14 days. Oh, did you get out of the Riviera at all, or did you stay down there? I did. So, I spent like two days in Paris, and that was when the Yellow Jackets were doing their oh. protests. But I didn't really, yeah, I saw them protesting, but it, to me, it wasn't like scary. I mean, it was against the police, and... I mean, I don't think they care about tourists, but yeah. I, I mean, never felt danger. Every know. time I've been to France, I think there's either been a strike, you know, like a you know the train strike, mm-hmm. or somebody's on strike, buses, or um, 
a protest of something. Yeah. yeah, there's always something. But it was perfect. Like I just avoided that part, and and you know I just kept going. Didn't I even walked to the Eiffel Tower from my hotel, La Chaffon, uh-huh. and I walked. Good I job. took a forty minute walk to the Eiffel Tower. Just enjoyed it. Maybe I took like two pictures, and just sat there enjoying it. I left a flower there. In the little garden. Aww. I know, such a hopeless romantic. <laughs> it's kind of pathetic. Did you and put then, a lock on the uh, bridge? <laughs> no, 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 I didn't do that. Because I would just put like Jeanette plus question mark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd be kind of weird. Blank. Just leave a blank. <laughs> Jeanette plus insert name yeah. here. <laughs> you come back and fill it in. Did, uh, did you get to like have a day? I always tell people like take a day in Paris or anywhere in France and just sit at a cafe Yes. Get a bottle of wine and just watch people go by. Have I, a sandwich and sit there for hours and just... Hours. Read I a did. book. Whatever you had to do. I did. I did that at the Eiffel Tower where I took like an hour and just, just sat there and like was, you know, everyone's photographer because I guess when they see you alone, they're like, hey, can you take a picture of us? Can you yeah. do it? But um, then I walked to a cafe and I just, I got lost. But that's awesome. Like I love getting lost and I got lost. And I went to a cafe um, and I sat there for like a good hour, maybe 45 minutes. And then I had to, you know, go to the airport to go to Cannes. Cannes. And when I arrived to Cannes, I was like, oh my God, I want to live here. And I literally <laughs> wanted to live there and I cried on the flight home. I was Aww. like, I want to leave. You can go back, you know. I know. You have to see more. You have, to, have you been to like the Spanish coast, like around... None? Oh, really? No. So, so when I was in Cannes, I, I did go to Nice, and I did go to Monaco. Oh, okay. And what else did I do? Um, yeah, and then I flew back from, from Nice. But no, I've only been in Spain. I've only been to Madrid and Barcelona. <gasps> You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, you have to go to the coast there. Oh, I can only imagine. Yes. Like, everywhere I go, I'm going to be like, I want to live here, I want to live here, I want to live here. <laughs> And then back to Beverly Hills. I know. Oh, no. And people visit there and they go, I want to live here. I know, right? See, maybe you can do an apartment swap. The gra- Yeah, the grass is always greener. Right. You know, well, but- let's talk about India. Mm. Because I know you were nervous before you went. India is amazing. It kind of has a Romania connection, actually. So oh, two years ago when I spoke in Romania and I did a, you know that press trip there after, uh, I was on a panel. And in that panel was for, it, it was, uh, this one was like 250 people. It was like, people there and I remember after I spoke there was like a line of people who wanted to talk to me and two of them were from India hi my name is Subhash I'm from India oh nice to meet you Mm -hmm. yes yes um you next time we'll see you in India and I said yes of course here's my business card you know blah blah didn't think anything of it and then we backtracked to July of last year and I put the Taj Mahal on my vision wall, vision slash vision board. And, you know, just as one of the places I want to go to. See my vision every time I open my closet. <laughs> sure, Mike. Every time I open my closet, my vision. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, long story short, I was contacted by Subhash in August of last year who said, hey, Jeanette, there's this conference that we're doing for the first time with the Ministry of Tourism. We'd love to invite you, blah, blah. You know, to come to experience India, there's no strings attached. You don't have to do anything, but we just need you to submit and send us all your information. And you have to be approved by this board of, I don't know, 20 people or something. I was like, okay, sure. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. And I did. And I didn't hear it back. And I was like, okay, maybe I didn't get it. So <laughs> then I just kept going with my life. And then it was like, I don't know, end of August. They were like, oh, you've been approved. We'd love to have you here. All you have to do is get a visa and we'll fly you. And I was like, what? So, so then I went to India, went to this amazing conference. It's like in, one of the, f- in New Delhi. In New Delhi. Okay. And I was one of the few Americans and uh, media there. Um, so I think they had 10 spots open in the oh, world. Wow. So it was really, really, really exclusive. And I'm really grateful because Subhash was like the main person who like helped get me in that door. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you have to come to India. And then I went to Agra and I went to Jaipur. And when I, when I sat down with Subhash on my last night in New Delhi with like, you know, a bunch of other people, he told me, he was like, you know, when we were in Romania and I was like, yeah, he was like, I told you we'd see you in India. I was like, yeah, I know. Isn't it crazy? Like, I was so excited. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I actually saw you already in India when I was telling you. Like, so he foresaw. So he's really like, and this is going to sound really like weird, but like not really, but he's really intuitive. He said, I knew that you were going to come to India. And then when we were in India, New Delhi, he said, 
you're going to come back to India again many times and you're going to help the people of India. So he told me that in New Delhi. So I was like, heck yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's like psychic, or but he's really intuitive. I mean, he's been doing yoga for like 100 years. I mean, he is just spot on about so much. So how much did you get to see like of the nitty gritty of India or how much do you think you were kind of shielded from a lot yeah. of stuff? Well, I mean, when I arrived, I was greeted with like a driver and I stayed at the Oberai Hotel. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you did a little higher end than I did. <laughs> but um, to be fair, the first three days I was inside a hotel because it was a conference and that's what I was there for. So after that, I did the Golden Triangle Tour and we made stops um, on, on Agra, which has not changed in, since the city was built um, outside of the Taj Mahal area. Yeah. They were saying how they just, it's literally the same city. Um, but I did, you know, we did drive and we made a lot of stops and I did eat in a restaurant where we ate with our hands. And, um, my last two days I was completely on my own and I got to experience a different side of New Delhi. So that was nice too. I mean, I was open to anything and everything. It was just for me, I was on kind of a tight schedule the first seven days. And once I was able to complete that, then I was, you know, able to just discover and explore on my own. I rode one of those cars that took Tuk tuk the oh the tuk tuk yeah tuk tuks yeah. which was so fun almost got you know almost died you know <laughs> yeah you know, it's not fun if you're not like almost dying almost died well the traffic it, there is is like nothing you've ever seen it's like no it's like Mexico City in four hundred five times yes you know, because it's not just like cars and trucks I mean there's bicycles there's people walking cows. there's cows sitting I in the middle know. of the, there's dogs running through there's goats there's people like camel camels and like and like donkey carts and things and just and everybody just blows their horn. Yes. They honk the horn when they pass people. They honk the horn when they go through an intersection. They honk. It's just like sensory overload. But you know what? I felt like a, in, a, in another way, I felt like a sense of home, too. And I wow. don't say that about every... home everywhere. No, that's not true. I don't say that. Like, I don't say about New York City. Yeah, okay. Well, the south of France and <laughs> India are quite different. <laughs> yeah. I don't say that about every destination. But you know what it is? kind of reminding me of Mexico City. In a way, um, the people, the constant moving around, and the food poisoning. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I'm kidding. Knock on wood. I'm kidding. India. I haven't Come got on. sick in Mexico City yet. But. I got sick in India. Mm. I didn't. I did get, not get sick. I was in fine India. in Mexico City. See, I have not got sick in in. Um, Nothing in happened India. in India. Good for you. Nothing happened in India, wow. and you that's know, rare. You know, is it though? <laughs> Rare to not get sick, it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm grateful I didn't get sick. And, and then when I was there, on a side note, I was trying to enjoy everything. And then my father went back to the ICU. Oh. And um, I remember you were talking about it before you, you were nervous about I think you about... took me to the airport, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. You're welcome. Finally, oh she says you. Thank you. <laughs> 20 years later. You heard it here first. <laughs> my I put your thank you on my vision board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Mike, I know you were too. nervous. You were you were you were nervous about leaving. You know, and, and just, going so far away. And time. just to give the audience a little backstory, like you know, prior to me going to India, I almost canceled because my father and everything. You were sick um, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I was sick in I was I was in Nashville the week prior. I had eyelid surgery. Like, who has eyelid surgery? Because I had too much <laughs> scar tissue in my eyelid, and so. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know. It was, I didn't even know that was possible. It sounds very Beverly Hills. <laughs> I had to have eyelid surgery. I had an eyelid lift. Guys, no, this was not voluntarily. Trust me. <laughs> I, when I was in Nashville visiting my father in the hospital, um, th- I had developed. I thought it was just a sty. Yeah. And so, but it got. I remember like, that. It got to the point where like it was blocking my vision. So I was like, oh, this is probably not a good thing. So I went to the eye doctor, and I thought they were going to say, "Oh, I'll just give you this eye medicine," and and they. You know, they did a lot of, um, you know, tests or they lifted my eyelid, basically put it under a microscope. They're like, you have too much scar tissue. We need to take this out today. I was like, wait, what? Excuse me? Wait, what? And he was like, he's like, yeah, it's a, it's a minor surgery. Like all we do is we, you know, we'll lift your eyelid and we'll like 
you know, remove the scar tissue and sew you up and you'll be good. I'm like, but I'm going to India next week. He's like, you do not want this in India. Uh, so he was like, do it today. And I, so I was in Nashville visiting my father in the hospital. I was already a mess. And then I had eyelid surgery. So I had a patch on my eye for like 48 hours or something. I was, on I was on medication and then I had India coming up. And I like, if I tell you guys I was a hot mess, kind of like today, <laughs> I was a hot. Oh, come on. I was a hot mess. It was to the point where I was just like, I don't even know what to do anymore. So I almost canceled yeah, India. And then, I, and then on the flight, um, I was feeling nervous too because, you know, for me and, you know, you know, I just realized a lot of things last year and, and family is so important. And, you know. How do you get scar tissue on your eye? Were it, you in an accident or something hit you? No, I don't know. Bar fight? It was a bar fight? <laughs> Somebody had a, a blade on I them? thought it, I honestly, it's, and I, I told the eye doctor, I don't know what they're called, the eye doctor. <laughs> Ophthalmologist? I, yes. <laughs> and I was like. Eye doctor works. I was like, how do you get this? He's like, oh, it's so common. He's like, you can, you can just, I don't even know. It's apparently it's very common. And the, the, whatever they did to me, they do it like 10 times a day, every day. Oh gosh. So I was like, thanks. And so my niece, I FaceTime my niece. She's seven and she calls me pirate Jeanette now. She's like, Janet, why are you a pirate? (laughs) (laughs) What what were your takeaways as a country? I mean, you were only there. I mean, India is huge. Oh my gosh. And so you only saw a little piece of it. You never got down to Mumbai or anything? I did not. Because of the time schedule and everything. And this is my first experience and taste of India. So your first taste. And I have to say my last day, I went to a temple, a Hindi temple in uh, New Delhi. And I had a mutual friend of my family who was in India who flew in four hours just to hang out with me my last day. Amazing. And we went to a Hindu temple, and this is where I got this mala bead necklace that I'm Aww. wearing, actually. And I'm quite spiritual. I do yoga, and I meditate. And, you know, I think it came at the perfect timing for me because I was such a mess. Um, and I needed that extra, you know, support and guidance that um, I ended up meditating inside that temple with my friend and, like, these people who even an American who who was a millionaire from America went to India and never came back he fell in love with India and he's just like this is it this is it like there's just a sense of in India and back in college I wrote a 40 page uh, report about India because I've always been fascinated with the country with the people with the cultures with the languages with the food And when you go there, it's something spiritual. And it's true what they say, like when you go there, like you will experience some kind of transformation. You'll be humbled. You'll be, um, you'll come back so grateful, you know? Well, it's humbling when you see that many people in one place and you're just going, wow, this is, it can be overwhelming. Yeah, it it is. Absolutely. But, But at the same time, they get life. They get life in so many ways, you know, and um, <clears throat> it just propelled my spirituality even more. And I grew up Catholic, but um, I feel much. I feel much more spiritual. Like I, with my mala bead necklace that I'm wearing right now, it has 108 beads, and I do my affirmations on these every morning, 108 times. So it's kind of like what a rosary is. Yeah. But you close your eyes and you say your affirmation like, I am enough, I am enough, I am enough, I am enough. You do that 108 times? Yeah. So, so you start here at the string and then you end at the string. Oh, and you wow. close your eyes so then you feel the, <clears throat> the beads. But I'll tell you what, Mike and audience, it's so effective. Like, so powerful affirmations because since I've been doing them since India, like my confidence, my... Well, it's like a mantra, mm-hmm. right? basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you choose and you rewire your limited beliefs or your subconscious. Like your subconscious is so much more powerful than the conscious. When I'm studying all these books and podcasts and I just love learning about the mind because it's so fascinating. Well, they must have fed you like a queen. Oh my gosh. What was the I greatest ate, thing you had? Um, uh, like I've, I've lost count. 
of all the amazing food in India I had. <laughs> but in Japur, I was at the ITH, IHC Hotel um, in Japur. Okay. And they had this amazing restaurant where you sit down and you know it's going to be a good meal when they give you like the bibs or the aprons. <laughs> and, you know, they're preparing you. And then they just bring out like all this like lamb and chicken and and non bread. Oh my gosh, Mike, now I want to go back to I India. Non is so dangerous. Mm, I think I gained like it, 50 pounds. I know. And I didn't eat meat at all when I was there. Really? And I still gained weight in the, because <laughs> I think I made up for it in naan and rice. And, and also that it, it's very heavy, those curries. And they, they use the ghee, which is basically yes. lard. And spicy. <laughs> yeah. It's spicy. Yeah, it was never spicy enough for me. They kept dumbing it down for what? Uh, oh, yeah, they kept dumbing it They're down like for white. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I kept asking him, I want what you eat. No like, way. Is it okay to? Because all the other people in my group were like, uh, <laughs> and finally, it took like two weeks until the last uh, day I was in a, in a mall in Mumbai and I went to like the food court in the mall. <laughs> and finally, it was like, ah, oh, it's spicy enough. Thank you. I feel like you're like in a past life, you're like Mexican. Or I think something. so. <laughs> I love it. I love that stuff. But in Thailand, they did the same thing to us. Really? They were like, is it okay for you? I was like, no, get more. Come on. More. I but they are just so afraid of, you know, especially Europeans. They can't handle, you know, they're not used to any kind of spice. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you show I love them, it. Mike. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, so India, you'll be back. You say you'll be. Do you have plans right now to go back? I have nothing on my plans or vision board to go back, but I'm open to it. And um, I interviewed the Minister of Tourism, J.K. Alfins, when I was there, and <clears throat> he's like the head of all tourism of India. And I had a few minutes to interview him, like in between his conference mm-hmm. panel. And then also he went to Agra when I was in Agra, so I had lunch with him and one of the top tour guides of the Taj Mahal you know he's given tours to the Clintons to every royal family you can think of and when I went to the Taj Mahal that was another experience it it was like I didn't you know when you're walking you're walking to the Taj Mahal you can kind of see it in the background like in the distance but I I I purposely did not want to see it because I wanted the main entrance when you walk in and you see it and I I literally cried. I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> because I've had this in my National Geographic magazine books for right. like, since I was a little girl. And I can see why it's a seven, you know, one of the seven world wonders. And I want to go back because on these tours, sometimes like, you see it? Great. Okay, like we got to go. Like yeah. it's just too hurried. They overschedule everything. Yeah. So Cuba, when were you there? Cuba, I went, I feel like three years ago. Did you... Did we talk about it? We may have. We may have touched on it, yeah. See, a, a smart host would have done his research and listened <laughs> back to it, but who's got that kind of time, folks? Right. Who's got that? I'm a very busy man. Um, Extremely. Right. But you went in legally, right? You had an actual visa. Yeah, I had to sneak in through Cancun. <laughs> so Yes, I went in shortly a year or so after, you know, they opened yeah. it for Americans. I went from Alaska Airlines. I got my visa at the booth at Alaska Airlines at LAX. And um, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was a five-hour flight from LA. and What, direct from LA? You didn't go direct. through Miami? Nope. Straight to Havana. Wow. I used to. I don't know what it is like now. Hmm. Yeah, that, I don't know. You know, now with all of everything's changing. Well, that wall's going right up, <laughs> right in the channel there, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to block all the oh, inner tubes. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, boy. Um, but that, that must have been... Yeah, I was only in Havana for three nights. Yeah. So did you stay in Havana or did you get to go out? To I the- stayed in Havana and then I went to Vinales, which is where all the tobacco farms are, which I oh, have yeah. to go back again because, you know, I feel like when you travel, sometimes you want to just experience it and just soak it in. And, you know, when you work in the travel industry too, you feel like you, you know, you have to like photograph and video and do all these things, but then you're not really enjoying it. So for me, Cuba was just to enjoy it. And Vinales was a two-hour drive from um, from Havana, and me and my friend from uh, Miami, she flew in, and we she's actually from Italy, but she flew in from Miami, and we just had a four-day girls' weekend in in Cuba. Oh, wow. We're like, why not? Did you get proposals? <laughs> like, I, I don't know what's the deal. Like, everyone always wants to marry me when I'm abroad. <laughs> That visa, baby. I, that American visa, that green card. Sometimes I say, um, but sometimes I say I'm Mexican. 
Oh yeah, it's true. That works too. Any anything to get out of Cuba. <laughs> no, but um, it's funny because I get asked out like nonstop and proposed to when I'm abroad. But when right. I'm in LA, it's like ghost town. Like hi, like no one's home. Well, you know, American girls also have a bit of a reputation overseas. Uh, what is that supposed to mean? Well, because they're very, you know, they they have no qualms about like, oh, you know, sexually. I mean, hmm. so they're not as uptight as you know. Really. Well, a lot of, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the world's much more religious and even mm. in like European uh, girls, or most, unless they're Scandinavian, you know, or English girls are like, you know, forget it. Mike, you're probably well, This more, is a long conversation. More, <laughs> but, Mike, you know, they do. you're probably more of an expert in that area than no, I am. No, <laughs> but I mean, guys will tell you around the world that, you know, because, and I think UK women also have the same kind of, and Australians, so they just, they go out, they go, and party and drink and... Uh, uh, they go on holiday mentality and have one night stands and stuff like that. So um, they have a reputation of being easier. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. And compared to them, you also have a lot more money. Who, Americans? Really? Yeah, certainly Cubans. Oh. I mean, my gosh. But I, I mean, feel like for for Cuban, like, you know, what really, I just loved it's one of those countries, and this is why I always recommend it, because it's literally like going back in time. Like yeah, the minute you get there. Time stopped in yeah. 1959. Yeah. And also, they are just so excited to share their culture with you, and they're excited to learn where you're from, like the locals. And I'll go back to Vinales. You know, it's where the tobacco farms are, where they make the cigars, the Cuban cigars. You know, I got it. Me and my friend Marela, we got a car, a driver for the day, and I think it was like a hundred dollars or something. It was a great deal for for both of us. And he took us to Vinales. You know, we went horseback riding for for ten dollars U.S. dollars at the time. We got to go horseback riding for like six hours. We got our own tour guide. He took us to like a cave, um, and then he took us to like his. He wanted to take us to like one of his friends' like restaurant, mm. but then when we were riding by it, it was like the chickens were still there and everything, and it was just like it was more of his home, and we're like. Mm. You know, well, it's common him. though. You eat in people's homes. You stay in people's homes. But I think they were just gonna kill a chicken like right gotcha. in front of us, kind of thing. Where <laughs> it's right. like I don't want to see and feel the process. Um, but it was, you know, and then we went to to the tobacco farm where you know they were making the Cuban cigars where they were hanging from. Yeah. And then you know he Did you showed, smoke one. Of course, yes. <laughs> when in Cuba, and and I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, which is the ironic thing. Yeah. It's like I, I think different. cigarettes are disgusting. Yeah. But we went in Cuba, and he was rolling the cigars, and he would glue it with honey. And then in the in the tobacco, they had rum. So they would put rum in it, and then they would give you like a, a glass of cognac. And, and we just parked our horse, got off, saw this awesome Cuban guy, you know, like totally awesome, <laughs> rolling cigars and like giving you a glass of cognac. And, and you're like, heck yes, I am so cool. Like me and Barella <laughs> thought we were the coolest people in the world, you know? It was so fun. Any, uh, in the last few years, any bad travel experiences? Any <clears throat> That's a bad great- flights? Anything else? That's a great question. I get asked that too, or like, what are my least favorite countries that I visited? And I can't think of anything like, maybe like long layovers. Um, knock on wood. I've yeah, been you've really had a good lucky. run then. And I feel like it's because I attract also what I put out. So I try to put out good. And so I'm not, I usually attract good. Any creepy dudes following you back to your... Uh your hotel? Mm-hmm. No, not lately. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <Damn it. laughs> am I not yeah, am I looking up? cute today? No, I got to go back about? to Cuba? <laughs> no, no. It's, um, I have not had any of those experiences. And I, in, in general, like a, one of the, a lot of my demographic and my audience is women. And a lot of women who travel alone. Because 80% of the tribe, tribe, 80% of the tribe, 80 Is this a, your uh, Toastmasters? Uh, <laughs> Skills coming up? Yes. 80% of the tribe. <laughs> My mentor is not listening right now. She would be like, ding, ding, ding. Um, 80% of the time, I'm traveling alone. And as a woman, you have a little more, you have to be more mindful and, and cautious. And well, India, they're very conservative. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Yeah. And, and just in general, I mean, I mean, even the USA, like they're even in Los Angeles, like I'm very cautious if I'm going to be alone. Like, where am I going? Yeah. It's I, called being a woman. Yes. <laughs> being yeah. a woman. You just have to, you know, unfortunately, you have to be more cautious and careful. And, you know, I'm sure like as a man, a woman's not going to be like, are you here alone? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And and you, it used to be naive, You're like five, bothered in every uh bar restaurant yes. you sit in by yourself yeah, yeah it's like 10 years ago I, I would be asked are you here alone i'd be like yeah i was so naive and honest no and- my husband's in the bathroom <laughs> yes now i'm always like oh no i'm here to visit the prime minister i'm here to visit the president i'm here with my husband i'm here with my boyfriend my brother is it the chief of police <laughs> yeah, I'm here. exactly <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and that's some of the advice i give women it's just a if someone asks you that why do they they don't need to know that and b if they do and you want to say something just say you're going to visit you know somebody a man that's very important mm-hmm. and um but you haven't really been to have you been to some serious hardcore like Muslim countries in terms of you had to like cover up and no I have not yet but I mm. would love to go I mean that would not stop me like I want to go everywhere and experience yeah. everywhere um, but when I was in Brazil when I was in Rio de Janeiro by myself um, I did get followed to my hotel and this was like 6pm um, and it was on Copacabana at my hotel and I was being very mindful and cautious but every time I'd turn around I'd see this guy like just and he would just like not know what to yeah. do, but like, mm. and so when I went to reception at the hotel, um, I saw him outside. I said, Can you like do something? Because I think this guy's following me. It was really scary. Did they do anything? But, yeah, I think they said, Okay, we'll take care of it. And I went to my room because I was like, um, I don't feel safe. Like, mm-hmm. um, so but that can happen anywhere. I mean, sure. unfortunately, dangerous people travel. So, but as a woman, you have to be a little more cautious, unfortunately. What about your vision board this year? Oh, by the way, before we get to that, I want to thank you for my uh, Mexico City trip and advice. Yeah, I went there for five days. It was between ships. Yes. Was, and uh, you gave me a nice list of things to do. And yes. I went to all of them. Yay. And it looks like I you went, had a fabulous time. It was great. Time. I went to Xochimilco. <laughs> yes. Did I say that right? Xochimilco. Xochimilco. Yes. The Venice of Mexico City. Yes, I saw that. Did yeah, you I drink- went to the temples. Yes. I saw that you and you had some like tequila or did you have some drinks with some oh, locals? Yeah, and yeah some locals the first day. That's amazing. Yeah, I was sitting by myself. We were watching a, a soccer game. football match. It's the best. And uh, yeah, I was, they saw I was sitting by myself. Are Mexicans and, like so friendly? Oh, they were great. They love it. They, they love were great. It. Yeah. And bought me some amazing tequila. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And Polanco is a, a nice neighborhood. It was great. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of like the Upper East Side of the other ones. Just like there were some hipster neighborhoods. I can't yeah. remember which ones. Uh, I think they had it written, written down. And Carlos Slim, who's like one of the richest yeah. men in the world, he he's invested a lot of money into museums and um, back into the city, Mexico mm-hmm. City. So, yeah, it's great. That's where my mother's from, Mexico City. So I've gone there since I was a baby. And her and about a hundred other million, <laughs> million people. It's uh, it's huge. It's huge. It's That's huge. why the correlation between Mexico City and when I went to India, it kind of felt like at home. I was like, okay, yeah. I kind of feel like I'm in Mexico City. <laughs> Same traffic. Yeah. But uh, no, it was great. So thanks for that. Of course. My pleasure. And anyone gotta get else? Back. I got to get back. Have you been at Tulum? Yeah. Okay. I have been at Tulum. Okay. I haven't been to the, the other ones with the biggest temple place. I can't remember the... Um, Chichen Itza? Koba? Yeah. yeah. Chichen Itza. Oh, Chichen Itza. Been. You can't go up it anymore. Like, oh, le- not like Mexico City, not like the... the Tito the, Wakan? Yeah, you, you can't go up Chich- uh, Chichen anymore. Hmm. So, just FYI. But, I mean, it's still amazing and worth it, but... Word to wise, everyone. Uh, <laughs> if if you have a uh, Uber driver... By the way, Uber saved me all through Mexico City. Really? It's fantastic. I love... It's Mex- cheaper than here. It's, uh, it's nicer than the taxis. Yes. And you don't have to haggle or don't, you know, it's, it's tough when you're at haggling and not your first language. Exactly. And, uh, you know, they don't have to, they, you know the route, you have their name, you have it, you never have to, money doesn't change hands. It's a godsend. Yeah. But if you take it out to the temples, Teotihuacan? Teotihuacan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You messed that up too. The, uh, go earlier in the morning, mm-hmm. super, because it opens at like eight. But get it right when it opens for yes. a couple of reasons. One, there's nobody there. Two, it's not so hot. There's no shade out mm. there. 
So if you get there early, I got there like right out there. I got a Are car. you a morning person? No. Oh. But I got up to do it because of this, because I knew the traffic was less. Yes. And uh, the heat is a big deal there. Yeah. And right around nine is when the other tours start coming and tour buses pull up and all this other stuff. So if you get there before, I, you saw my photos. There was no was, one there. I was just going to say, there was your, no one your there. photos it was are fantastic. absolutely breathtaking. But the driver, uh, they can't get a ride back. You know, there's no one, like mm. their Uber doesn't work out there. So what'd you do? Uh, he walked around with me. I said, do you want to go come in? He's like, okay. No way. And he held it. You know, I did some uh, like hosty stuff and then he held the camera for me. He was like my cameraman. That's amazing. He took the couple of the photos of me sitting out there. Did you guys eat at La Gruta after? No, no. It was too early. It, was, it wasn't oh, really open. That's, that's a must next time. Mm. It's it's a, you know underground cave. They turn into the most delicious Mexican restaurant I've ever had. Oh, yeah, you told me about it. I had it written down. <laughs> that was one of the few I didn't make. Yeah. But, um, but then he ended up driving me back. I said, well, it's only like 9.30 in the morning. You know, I want to see uh, Xochimilco. Yeah. And he drove me there. So he spent like the whole day with, and then he negotiated the boat. Amazing. <laughs> so I ended up, uh, I mean, the clock was running through some of it. So... It ended up costing me like $80 or something. That's amazing. You did but so much. But I got much. back into the city by like 2.30 and sitting in traffic. I mean, that's most of the day. I mean, it's going to happen. But I knocked out those two things and I was back in my place by like 2.30 and I had a private driver and a tour guide basically all for like 80 bucks. It's amazing. So he made out all right. Exactly. Because, yeah, there's no tipping in their Uber and stuff. So and it really did, changed the city. I mean, if I had had to take or hire a guide or something to do all that, it would have cost a lot more. And how And how did you feel like safety-wise? Did you feel oh, safe? Oh, it's fine. See, yeah, that's the I, thing. I like uh, sometimes the Mexico gets this negative. It's like any know. city. I tell people, every city in the world, you're going to have bad neighborhoods. There's parts of LA I don't go in. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, Yeah. You just stay away from those kind of, you know, and you have to have your street smarts a little bit. I mean, we're not, you know, hayseeds. You know how to, you keep your head on a swivel. You look around and you notice when someone's following you. You notice you don't flash money around. You don't, you know, you got to be smart. Yes. But uh, no, I never felt like in a bad place. I mean, I walked a lot. I walked everywhere. See, that's great because... You know, in the past, sometimes when I've said, oh, I'm going to Mexico, you know, and I don't even say where, I just say Mexico. Some some of the reactions I've gotten in the past is, oh, my gosh, this is dangerous. Oh, oh my gosh, the cartels are going to scare the help. crap out of people here. And, and, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, do you realize Mexico is a really big country? It's big. And it's beautiful and rich in culture and history and food. And I mean. That's like other people, like they'll, they'll hear about somebody getting shot in Orlando and they won't want to go to you know, New Mexico. You know, it's just like America's dangerous. Well, yeah, yes, but if you can, yes, and that's why, like people like us who who you know do stories and and show people these parts of the world, hopefully can highlight that there's it's it's yes. another side to it, and just like any part in the world, there's dangerous right. and there's good and there's you know. Well, because scaring the crap out of people gets clicks and ratings and you know helps fund your wall, right? Yes. Yeah, which, exactly. So, just, I mean, there's, there's people have a vested interest in making Mexico seem like a scariest place in the world. So, yeah, I do my best to try to not, you know, I have a whole joke about it that you can uh, order <laughs> at uh, VidAngel, Dry Bar Comedy. Look for it. Coming out this spring. <laughs> Shameless. Plug. Hopefully it wasn't uh, cut out of the thing. But I have a whole Mexico City bit. Do you? It's, yes, it's about that. Everybody's like, don't go to Mexico City, man. It's, uh, why? Oh, it's really spread out. I don't want to do the whole bit. <laughs> it's hilarious if you a guys teaser. order it. Yeah, I know. I'll say it off stage. <laughs> okay. Off stage. Off, <laughs> off mic. Um, so your vision board. Yes. Uh, what's coming up this year? Um, so on my vision board, I have a lot of travel on there. I have a lot of uh, planes just taking off everywhere. Um, I definitely want to go to Asia. Again, 
Well, that's a big area. You well, need to be more specific? Yeah, anywhere. Okay. <laughs> um, I also want to go to Egypt, which has always been my dream. I still haven't been. <gasps> okay, well, you want to go? Yeah, I'm I always so, want to go. I'm so serious. I've been for years talking about it. So Egypt is on mine. Um, that's a place that I always think it would be more fun to go with people. Yes. Because it can be a little overwhelming and Again, it's not like a big party place. So right. at the end of the night, you know, it's not like a bar scene or anything right. like that. Yeah. It's just like, you know, let's go, you know, chill at the, you know, yeah. get a nice something to eat. And then that's, that's the end. And I feel, I feel for me, it's like I would want days there because for me, it's been fast. I'm fascinated with all the indigenous cultures and I'm fascinated with the pyramids. And I just feel like I could put on my, you know, nerd hat and just, you know, really just right. explore and geek out and. And you yeah. got to pick the time of year, too. You don't yeah. want to go there and it's 120. That would be bad. That's very true. Would you ride a camel, though? Of course. I have. Okay, cool. Did you know It's I not had... comfortable. Yeah. I'm... And it's really high you up. You know what? It's tra- scary. At Travel and Adventure Show, like a year ago, I rode a camel. But, I mean, I was in a dress, too. Shocker. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you not in a dress. <laughs> yeah, dresses and camel riding doesn't seem to <laughs> go well. I only don't wear dresses when I'm doing yoga. <laughs> be <Okay>. weird. <laughs> Stop joking, a visual. <laughs> or when I'm like horseback riding, of course. Like. Right. Or camel riding. Or camel riding. That's right. So don't you worry. I will have pants okay, on. Okay, <laughs> good. So, okay, Egypt. Egypt. Asia. Um, Asia. I put on um, the UN. A lot of these conferences that I want to attend, um... I put Oprah, I know it sounds weird, but I have Oprah on my vision board. Um, I want to either interview her or work with her. Or, or stalk her. Or <laughs> stalk her. Or do a show for own for her for her network. <clears throat> um, I'm so inspired by her. I'm not starstruck by like anybody, but if I see or saw Oprah, I probably would just like not know what to say. I was, I was Oprah adjacent recently. I was like two weeks away from Oprah. On, I did one of uh, Holland America's brand new ships, the new Staten uh-huh. Dam. And she was christening the ship because she has a deal with Holland America. So in two weeks, she was going to be on board. And everybody was freaking out. Oh, my gosh. So there was all these executives on board making sure everything's right before Oprah gets on. Oprah, Oprah, Oprah's coming. And Gail's coming. Oh, my gosh. They're all coming. (laughs) And she was only on for like three days. I think it just happened. But, you know, she gave a speech and... Oh my gosh! I'm so she's like the godmother of the ship. I'm so something. jealous. It's I didn't even see her, but you know, <laughs> she was there. You were there. Her aura was coming, preceded her. <laughs> What's funny is my first internship in college. It was at the local CBS in Nashville. That's one of her first reporting jobs. Yeah, and well, I'm from Chicago, so I yeah. used to see her. You know, all yeah. over the place. And I, I've just like. For her, like she's just one of my. Besides my mom, she's one of my <laughs> biggest role models slash idols, and so <clears throat> I really want to do that. So that's on my vision board. She's on my vision board. In any way that I can work or ever be involved with her, I would just be over the moon. My personal vision board. Um, I have a lot of random stuff, um, like furniture would be great. <laughs> like <laughs> what about furniture? What about the uh, the site, like Jet Set with Jeanette? So Where Jet do you Set see with that Jeanette. Um, it literally in the past, I don't know six or seven months has just taken off and like actually to a point where like I cannot keep up with myself and I kind of burned out after New York a couple weeks ago and I ended up getting sick and now so, you're bringing it in here. <laughs> no, no, no. Into this my is house. different. This is allergies. and coughing. This is and- allergies. No, when I got back from New York, I mean, I was like sick. Um, and so I realized that I need help because I can't do everything on my own. And that's okay, too. Like, that's another thing. It's a growing pain, but it's a good growing pain. And do you have an gro- intern? Not, no, not yet. Oh. So hopefully in the spring, um, once I get, you know, all my ducks in an order and I, you know, recharge and, you know... I also want to visit my family um, at some point this month. Um, Then I'm going to start, you know, I I really, what I see with Jet Set with Jeanette is I see it, it, I am my brand and my brand is me, but, you know, I see it much more like, I see it could be like, I don't know, a TV show, it could be like a column in a magazine, Um, it could be, uh, I don't know, just so many different things all under the umbrella of travel but as a way of serving people, adding value to their lives, inspiring them, not just to travel, but just 
I don't know, change the mindset of travel too. Because, you know, as we were talking about earlier, there's so so much stereotypes and fear-based, you know, about cultures and countries that are just not not always true. So I really like to be an ambassador and advocate for travel. And <clears throat> who knows? I would love to have a, a travel scholarship for my alma mater. For you Your know, alma mater? Yeah, Belmont University. Is it an alma mater? Alma mater. Tomato, tomato. We're going to uh, talk to uh, Toastmasters <laughs> as well. Alma mater. Tomato, I've never heard tomato. That. Is that what they say in Nashville? <laughs> That's my alma mater. <laughs> hey, like tomater. Is it Sepulveda? Sepulveda? Or is it, was it, how do you say Sepulveda? You're saying it, yeah. Oh, what about Wilshire or Wilshire? Wilshire. The Caribbean or the Caribbean? Both are acceptable. Okay. So, tomato or tomato? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I would really like to do like a travel a scholarship or for study abroad for students um, in the future. At Belmont? At Belmont. And <clears throat> there's so many things that I want to do in my career. Like I'm, I'm talking this year and 10 years from now. I want to do a TV show um, that's, you know, inspiring people to travel. And on a personal note, like I want to get married and oh. have a family. Um, I mean, that's always been a that dream. That takes a lot of time, you know. <laughs> Does it? Well, apparently... It kind of helps if you're around <laughs> every so often. Well, apparently my family, my clock is ticking very fast, so... Well, to be fair, it's Mexican family, so you're graded on a scale, <clears throat> on a yes. curve. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm in my 30s, and that's like... <gasps> you should be a grandmother. I, an abuela. True story, my grandmother. <laughs> yes, true story, my grandmother pulled me aside at a family wedding last year. I was at the singles table, Aww. already depressed being a single person at a wedding. Of the, of the wedding. <laughs> like, they just put, like, it's, I don't know if you, like, singles, when you're going, like, at a single at a wedding, first of all, it's like, they just put you all together. Um, yeah, I sat at that table for 40 years. <laughs> yes. And, and then it's kind of like, and so you're, you're trying, you're enjoying your time, you're watching people in love and et cetera <laughs> in your face. And then like, I'm sitting there having a good time, you know, considering everything. And I'm happy for my cousins got married. My like 89 year old grandma is walking over here Uh-oh. and her and my dad are on the same campaign. Like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you married and everything? <laughs> And I'm having a good time, and she sits across from me, and I, I think she's going to say, oh, isn't it fun, the wedding, and this, and like, she sits down, and she's just, like, start tearing up, I'm like, oh, oh, no, not here, and she's like, <laughs> Jeanette, like, what's wrong, like, you're a beautiful woman, like, is there something wrong, like, why aren't you married, like, you don't even have a date, like, I was like, I was just, like, even more oh. depressed, I was like, it really, like, killed, and she means well, but they're all on the same campaign, like, Jeanette, when you get married, have kids, my brother's on that campaign, that's a very popular campaign That's right tough. now. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they don't they they got to be proud of you for all you're doing and everything. For sure. And I think also for me, and I mean, I don't know if you get asked this, but sometimes, you know, when I'm traveling and stuff, I get asked, so what are you going to choose? A career or family? And I'm always like, wait, what? Like, See, again, they don't ask men that. <laughs> Honestly. I, mean, I that's, get that's asked a, that. That's a real... You know, it's, it's a, a double real, standard. It really real. is. And this is something that I'm like, wait, what? Like, why do I have to choose? I can compromise and I can, you know, if it gets to the point where I have a child one day, then, you know, it's not about me anymore. And I could do just transition to family travel and just, you know, of course, I'm not going to go to like Egypt in 24 hours. Like I will be very mindful. But then that's another stereotype. If you have kids and a family, you can't travel. That's not true either. Well, apparently in Cuba, you're very popular if you really want to get it, uh, get married. I True mean. story. My horseback ride trainer guide uh, at the end of the uh, like five hours taking us to caves and everything, he proposed to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you know, it's kind how old of is great, this guy? I don't know. He had to be like 60 or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. And he was, you know, his cowboy hat. He was like, you know, over there, that's my land and this is my home and, and I have chickens and everything for <gasps> you. Chickens. And he was like, if you marry me, like, this will be yours, and we can ride, we can horseback ride every day, and... That's kind of sweet, though. It's kind of sweet, but I was like, "Mm, (laughs) bye, and... um, (laughs) Does the same thing happen in Mexico when you go? You go there a lot, though. Yeah, but it's funny when I go to Mexico, because I know I'm not from there, but because of the way I speak and everything, and I always have an accent, no matter what. But yeah, I get proposed to a lot, actually. It's kind of funny, but um, or asked out more. Um, but 
Not in America. Uh, what is it? Kind of can't even get a text back from a guy in LA, long distance, Pasadena to LA. Please. But <laughs> <laughs> I get proposed to in every country. Like, come on, like stepping the bar up. So know? does your Spanish have an American accent? Mm-hmm. Is that what happens? Yeah. It's like, are you from Nashville? Did you say Mater? Alma Mater? <laughs> Stop lying. <laughs> What's funny is that, you know, my mother to this day, she met, she only speaks to me in Spanish unless we're with, you know, yeah. a lot of other people. Um, but after three years of age, you're, you develop your mother tongue. So even though I was always... Is that what they say after three years? Yeah. Because I, cause I went to, um, I got my ESL, or yeah, yeah. TEFL, studying, teaching English as a foreign language certificate um, many years ago in case I wanted to just live abroad and study and teach. Um, I remember taking those courses where they're like, oh, well, the child develops, you know, their mother tongue after this certain age, three years. And that's why whatever country or language you're exposed to after three, y- it's going to be, you're always going to have an accent in one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your mother tongue will be your. So English is. I think in English. I I dream in English. I, you know, it's it's. I just don't even have to think about. It. But then when I when I need to transition to Spanish, it's like I literally need a couple seconds, and then I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's like a delay. <clears throat> totally. What, who's got the? What part of Mexico has the craziest accent? Hmm. Is it way down in like Chiapas or something like that, or is it north? It's a great question. Or like all these little, I'm, I'm sure Mexico City is probably like London where it has like 25 different accents. Yes. And, yeah. Well, when I went to Chichen Itza, to Cancun in Mexico, one of our tour guides, this is like 10 years ago, <clears throat> they were really Mayan, like from generations. And they were speaking like this. Oh, God. And that was really cool. So like So we had no language. idea. Yeah, we had yeah. no idea what they were saying. They were like generation tribe where they kept that, yeah, you know, like language. an Aztec yeah. thing. Yeah, we were like amazed. We we're like, oh my gosh, what are they saying <laughs> or speaking? They're like, it was just sounds. It wasn't. I mean, we couldn't even understand. And um, and that's what I love about Mexico. I mean, we can talk about Mexico day and mm. and <clears throat> from July to September, you can swim with whale sharks. I know. I want to do that. Amazing. That's down in uh, so you Isla go to Mujeres. Isla Mujeres. Yeah. So from yeah. July to September, I Island did of a, Women. Hey, there's my two two years of Spanish right there. (laughs) There you go. Women's Island. But don't be fooled. There's a lot of men there. Oh, yeah. Is there, it's, um, so it's the summer is the season. July to September. Okay. And it costs, I think when I did it, I did it twice, 60 US dollars for, you know. You just snorkel, right? You don't have to, because they were up by the surface. You don't really have to Well, you take a boat. Yeah, exactly. And you take a boat from Isla Mujeres. And they have like a whole radar system where they find the whale sharks. So you go out in the sea, like you go mm-hmm. out like an hour or so. And um, I always get seasick, so I was like Aww. sitting. Up, I know it's so sad. And um, and 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 it's funny how they find them because they're like sixty-five, forty degrees over here, and this <laughs> and that. And they're like looking at all these radars. It's really like high tech. And then when you see all these whale sharks all of a sudden appear out of nowhere, they're like, okay, three at a time, and you put on a life. Uh, you can put on a life jacket, and it's really, um, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, do that. these whale sharks are like maybe the sizes of buses, and they look very intimidating. I've seen them before. They're so uh, gentle. Yeah. I mean, they could swallow you. Yeah, it's like a slow-moving bus. <laughs> just, but they're beautiful. They're really they're graceful. So and, stunning, graceful, and yeah, and and you don't want to touch them. I'm worried about people get they get too close. Well, that's the thing. Like my, my niece went with us on a one trip. She was like 12 or something. And, mm-hmm. and, in slow motion, she was trying to like, she was trying to touch it. And right. my sister who was swimming with her in slow motion was like, no. <laughs> grab your hand. Away. Because the scales are sharp. You can cut yourself and bleed. And then like you're in the ocean. Goodness. Like, I mean, there's right. real, real sharks down there. So you want to be careful of that, but it's such an amazing experience. And I have a fear of the deep ocean and I have a fear of sharks and I did it twice. Oh, so I mean, yeah, I got to do that. You got to do it. And it's so worth, it's so worth it. Give us one town before we leave one town in Mexico or one area that you think is underserved that more people should see. Tulum. Okay. But I that's, feel like that's pretty well. well I mean, you would people think, go, a lot of people go there. You would think so, but I've been really. there. That's how 
Well, Mike, well tried it so. is. <laughs> well, because well, it's not far from Cancun. I mean, well, the, the Maya Rivera. Well, that. the thing is, is people, everyone goes to Cancun, and Cancun is is great, but it's so saturated and, yeah, and so I'm over touristy. But Tulum is like if Ibiza and Mykonos had a baby, it'd be <laughs> Tulum, and you know you can go to. Um, all these cenotes, which are underwater yeah. caves, and there's shamans that are still there. And it's such an amazing place like to recharge. And just actually one year ago, I was in Tulum. <laughs> exactly one year ago. And there's just something mystical and magical about being there. I mean, it's the, the Mayans. I mean, they're just amazing. And they knew what was up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I always recommend people go to Tulum instead of Cancun. And Tulum is going to be one of those places in a couple years a lot of people around the world, especially Europeans and Americans, are investing in land and property, and they're starting to build hotels and restaurants. Yeah, and that's good and bad, though. No, what I'm saying is now is the time to go because then in a couple they, years yeah, it's no, going to be ruined. like they're going to yeah. turn it into Cancun. I know. I, yeah, I'm not a fan. I know. That's why I say go now. You're right. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. I know. No, stop I'm sorry you're not feeling so hot. Well, your allergies are bothering you. <laughs> Did that pill help? I gave her Claritin D, and you, you already sound better. Cal- Claritin, yeah, yeah. I can't speak D, to D. <laughs> Made her. I feel so much better. <clears throat> it's been really chilly in LA too, so I've been like yeah. kind of hibernating. And you know, they kind of make fun of us in LA because when it rains or when it's <gasps> I cold, I get my fur coat. <laughs> yeah, and you're from Chicago. You know, I know the polar vortex, like the real. Oh, deal. it was insane over there. I remember those days. I don't miss that. Yeah, so... You have no idea. You have no We literally have no idea what the winter is <laughs> in LA, you know? No, this is nice. If it, this is as cold as it gets, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. It's the Florida people who complain about this. Um, well, did you have fun? I'm glad you I could stop so by. I had so much fun. You haven't been I, to the new place yet. I've been meaning mm-hmm. to invite you over. It's amazing. And I well, feel you like... You forced we, me to clean. <laughs> and uh, I feel like we can speak for hours. And I'm I'm thrilled for your new year. I mean... Thank you. For everyone's new year. And if no one's done a vision board and they have any questions... <clears throat> Let me know. Now is the perfect time. Just literally get a board, put your goals and you know visions, dreams on there. That's right. We got to do your uh, your plugs. Get in yeah. all your sites. So, so all your media. Go ahead. So definitely, my website is Jet Set with Jeanette, and it's Jeanette with two N's. Everybody and two T's. <laughs> two T's. And my social is the same at Jet Set with Jeanette. Um, tw- except for Twitter because it's too long for Twitter. So Twitter it's at Jeanette Seha. And um, contact me anytime. Email is the best way because I don't know if I'm on a plane or, you know, (laughs) sneezing or whatever. So, (laughs) and uh, I look forward to this year. I'm very excited and I'm excited for you. Oh, you were excited. And I'm excited for everyone. Please travel as much and as far as you can. (laughs) That's all I want. That's that's your dream for the new year. Literally, it's all I want, and we should do one like every year in February and just see. Yeah, catch up. It's like our little time capsule. I don't mind. I don't. I don't think the people will mind. <laughs> Who either. knows where you'll be? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. You know what I need to do? <laughs> you need to figure that Vision out. Vision <laughs> board. Boom. Boom. Bam. Well, thank you for doing this again. My pleasure. It's always good to see you. You too. All right, Jeanette, say hi, everyone.